There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Obviously off the back of Tom Trevojevic breaking the Supercoach record uh, on Monday night. There's been a lot of conversations this week about changing the rules of Supercoach. This is something that I spoke about a number of weeks ago uh, and we could all sort of see it was heading in this direction. I mean, it wasn't a hot take or anything. We could all see the records. The record was getting closer and closer to being broken and there seemed to be a top 10 score every week, essentially. There was one week where, I think the week that Nathan Cleary made the record, Nico Hines came up with the eighth highest score ever. No one even spoke about it, which is crazy. And some of these records have been held for years, you know. Tom Trevojevic the other night, though, uh, obviously only played, what was it, 65 minutes. He's not a goal kicker, and he made the Supercoach record. Sort of says to me that something needs to change. And, look, I'm not having a crack at Supercoach because I think these points have been fantastic for a long time. I've always liked the Supercoach scoring more than the NRL fantasy. I'm not going to get into that argument. I'm not here to bag people to play NRL fantasy. Uh, You've obviously got... You know, you, you sort of lean towards whatever your mates play. Essentially, my mates have always played Supercoach, so we've always played Supercoach. Yeah, I'm not here to tell you that NRL fantasy sucks or getting into that fucking dribbler argument. You play what you like. Personally, I've always preferred Supercoach. I've always liked the scoring of Supercoach more, but never really played fantasy either. That's why I don't really argue with people online and say, this sucks, this is better, whatever. But look, Supercoach-wise, I think the scores, the scores have always been fantastic. I've always really liked them, but... We've got to accept that the modern game has changed a little bit. Now, personally, I would look to change the scores a little bit. Am I going to adjust them massively? Probably not. And the reason for that is that I think right now we are at the worst possible time as far as Supercoach scoring because you've got the top teams that are absolutely dominating. They're putting massive scores on. The other teams are going to catch up. The gap is going to close. I know we all like to live in a doomsday world, but we want to blame the NRL and PVL ball and all this complete and utter bullshit. The gap is going to close. Yeah, the gap will close eventually. It's going to take another preseason. I think the lower teams, they will catch up. You'll still have your dominant teams, no doubt about it, but you've always had your dominant teams, yeah? I mean, over the last... The, the, the whole time I've played Supercoach, your center wings, your 5'8", your halfbacks, you obviously want to have guys that are in teams that are going to win because they're going to score tries, they're going to score points. That's where you get your big scores from. That's always going to be a reality of Supercoach realistically. But I think right now, 
We're at a point where a lot of draft competitions are being dominated by Tom Trevojevic. I doubt there is a competition that's especially a captain's league where people are looking around and saying that Tom Trevojevic... He isn't. Whichever team he is in, he isn't the favourite. Yeah, he he is the favourite in every single comp by a country mile, I think. You're going to have to have one hell of a footy side to be able to compete with Tom Trojevic this year because he's at the peak of his powers. The other teams haven't caught up to him. He's just doing amazing things. And the Supercoach scoring right now, it is a little bit more heavily favoured towards your high ceiling guys rather than your workhorse guys. A couple of years ago, guys like Corey Parker were absolute gold. Goal-kicking forwards, they were sensational. Goal-kicking forwards are still great. Great. You know, we all got so excited about Mitch Barnett at the start of the season. We all got so excited about Takiaho, which is unreal. But, I mean, you can't even put them in the same ballpark. If Takiaho comes out and kicks 12 from 12 goals and scores 50 in base, I mean, yeah, that's 90. That's great. But if Turbo scores two tries, he scores 140 and it's blown out of the water, yeah? And that's just the reality of it because of how the scoring is and because of how the modern game is played. Once again, I'm not having a crack at Supercoach. I'm not having a whinge and a whine because it's not their fault. The scoring's always been great, but the game has changed. The product has changed. And look, I would say that we need to be hesitant how much we change this sort of stuff. And I think Supercoach will be realistically. They don't really tend to change too much. They don't tend to do anything overly dramatic with their scoring, especially when it needs it. So I'm not expecting anything crazy. But there are a couple of changes that I would probably make. And they are really, really subtle things, to be honest with you. For example, tries. At the moment, they're worth 17 points. So right now, you know, you can put in a kick and you can put your hand on it and score it. And that's 17 points. And, you know, there is the example of that, that, you know, 17 points is it really worth putting your hand on something. But a try is a try. It's got to be worth something. It's got to be worth a decent amount. For me right now, I think with the amount of tries that are being scored, 17 is probably too much. And realistically... More often than not, when you score a try, yes, some of them will be off kicks that you put your hand on and they'll be 17. Sometimes you'll, you know, someone will break through the line. There'll be a Tommy Turbo coming on the inside. You pass to them, they score. They'll score and get 17. They might have read more than eight metres. So it's a 19-point play. But a lot of the time, in just general play, if you break the line, it's a line break, it's a try, that's 27 points. You probably broke a tackle or two. Let's say you broke two tackles. All of a sudden, you're looking at 21, 22 points. You might have been over eight metres. So I would say on, sorry, about 31, 32. So I would say on, you could probably average it out to say the tries that are being scored, they probably equal about 30 points. I think that would be fair. Maybe a little bit lower realistically, but most of them have a line break. Most of them have a tackle break. The ones that don't, they sort of bring that average down. But I'd say we're sitting at about 30 points for a try, which is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. For guys that are playing on the wing for a try, you know, it's just a simple draw and pass. They go out the back of their block plays. You're looking at Alex Johnson. He can fall over the line twice. And all of a sudden, he's on 60 points. And that's if he doesn't take any hit-ups or do anything like that. And for me, I look at that and I go, well, fuck. It's pretty tough when you consider, you know, a James Fisher-Harris, for him to get 60, he's going to have to have 20 hit-ups. He's going to have to make 35 tackles. It's a really tough gig comparing that to a winger falling over the line. And realistically, a winger falling over the line nowadays, you see it four or five times a game. If they're in a good footy side, I mean, that sort of stuff is unreal. And they can average 60, 70. They can average 10 more points than your middles who are working their ass off. And for me, it's just a little bit unbalanced, and I think we need to probably equal it. For me, I would bring all the attacking stacks back just a touch. I'd probably bring try from a 17 to like a 14-point play. I understand three points. It isn't heaps, but I think it will start to make a bit of a difference, yeah? I would also bring your try assists from 12. I'd bring it back down to about 10. I'd bring your line breaks from 10 to about 8. All of a sudden, if you score a try... All of a sudden, you've gone from it being 17 for a try, it being 10 points for a line break, that's 27. All of a sudden, it's come down to 14 for a try plus 8 points 
uh, for a line break. All of a sudden, you're looking at 22 points for a try compared to 30. I really sort of like that. I think that's a bit of a closer change. I wouldn't go much less than that because I think tries need to be rewarded. I think the point of rugby league is to score tries. It's the ultimate reward in our game, and I think that needs to be represented in Supercoach. I think 17 is a little bit too high for the amount of tries that are being scored right now, but I don't think there's going to be this many tries scored in rugby league moving forward. I think this time next year it will change a little bit, but I think it will also be more tries being scored than what we saw being scored two years ago. Yeah, so I think you find a bit of a balance here. I really like just adjusting these a little bit. I think the other stat that is really stacking up this year has been tackle breaks, especially when guys get tired in the back end of games and you've got guys like Turbo, like Teddy, uh, Brian Toe, these sort of fellas that are really hard to handle, that are fit as all hell, that are running at tired bodies. This is where you can stack up a lot of points, and it's hard. I mean, a tackle break's worth two. I mean, you're seeing guys that are make that that are breaking 11, 12, 15 tackles a game, like Tommy Turbo. Like you're getting 30 points there. It, it can be insane, but I still think taking it back to one is probably too too little for a tackle break. I think they should be rewarded because they are massive in our game. It's a really tough one to find the balance. And personally, I know a lot of people have referred back to like NFL fantasy and whatnot, where they go into decimal points. I'm not a huge fan of that. I just like to have the clean number and it work like that. But it is difficult. Well, the other side of that is that instead of taking down the attacking stats, you could reward defensive plays, which would help your middles out a little bit more. So it could be instead of one point for a tackle, it could be 1.5. All of a sudden, a 40-point game gives you 60 points instead of it giving you 40 points. But once again, the decimal point system gets very difficult. I think that the harder we make Supercoach for our scorers, the more difficult our lives are going to be realistically. Uh, they do a fantastic job in the vast majority of situations. But I still think the way that our scores, they do vary a little bit. Uh, Updates come in and out. There's stats taken from NRL, from Fox League, from all over the place that are different. I just think you're probably asking for trouble. And this is another thing that people have spoken about, the post-contact meters. Now, you can look at post-contact meters on Fox League and then go and have a look at NRL.com. They can vary by 20 to 30 meters sometimes, even more sometimes. Even your running meters can as well. So I know a lot of people have called for post-contact points. I think it's a little bit too much of a gray area. And I think that this is one thing that we always find really difficult in Supercoach, that we have these gray areas. And I remember a few years ago before the try contribution came in, people would say, oh, how did he get a try for that? Getting 12 points for that is ridiculous. They brought in the try contribution. Now all I hear is people complaining about when they use the try contribution, when they use the try assist. And I understand it's not the most consistent thing in the world all the time. And I get your frustration, but I think you've also got to understand that rugby league officiating it is hard. Doing these Superco points is hard. You know, every time there's a try where it goes through six or seven hands and then it's scored, the first thing that's posted in my group chat, and it's the same for me, I do it as well. We say, oh, who do we reckon is going to get the TA there? And we all guess, and it ends up coming out something completely rogue. I just, I, I think it's very hard to officiate on this sort of stuff. I think post-contact meters would be another thing, a big gray area that we'd find a lot of complaints about. I mean, you, you look at the plays out of dummy half. It's an absolute lottery every week, whether there's going to be try assists, try contributions, or nothing whatsoever for dummy halves laying on tries. It can be really difficult to work out. Um, You know, you see a lot of arguments on social media. I posted something about it the other day. I think it is a little bit unfair how all that works, but once again, it's a bit of a grey area. Yeah, everyone wants consistency, but it is sort of hard to get consistency because every single play is different. There's different aspects that go into everything. It can be really tough, and I think that we need to be careful 
how many of these different point scoring plays that we put in because it's going to get grayer and grayer and it's going to get more and more difficult. Post-contact meters and going into decimal points, I think it would be a little bit too difficult in my opinion. Um, Some other things that I saw thrown up this week is another one that a few of my mates have suggested and uh, they threw up changing some of the positions and you know what, when I first heard this, I sort of didn't love it, but the more they explained it, the more I thought, you know what, I don't mind that at all. Now, obviously in, in Supercoach, we have the fullback position, we have centre wing, uh, we have 5'8", halfback, we have second row forwards, uh, front rowers and hooker. Now, hooker, obviously completely fair enough, front row forwards, completely fair enough, second rowers, fair enough, but in those second rowers, you sort of have lock forwards mixed in as two RFs when realistically, they sort of play as middle forwards, yeah? Some of my mates have suggested that you have middle forwards and edge players instead of having um, second row forwards and front row forwards and then your lock forwards just sort of mix into the midst of that. You look at a guy like Nathan Brown, for example. Like for me, Nathan Brown shouldn't be a second row forward. He should probably be a front row forward. But because he wears jersey 13, we put him in the second row. For me, I would have Nathan Brown as a middle not an edge guy. Uh, you look at a guy like Jason Taumalolo. Let's say for the rest of this season, he plays out on the edge. He's been named there this week. I mean, there could be the argument for Taumalolo next year to have dual position edge slash middle. But I think that we need to make a little bit of a transition here. And I think this is a sensational way to do it. And as I said, when I first heard it, I sort of went, oh, I don't know about that. But the more I thought about it, the more it makes sense. My mates put up a really good argument about this as well. I think it'd be a great little move. And off the back of that, I started thinking about halfbacks and five eights. Now, in draft competitions especially, it is an absolute clusterfuck trying to work out your halves. You can find a couple of good five eights. You can't play halfbacks. Other years, you can find a heap of halfbacks. You can't play five eights. And it's one of the challenges of draft, which is all good and well. But then you also look at, I don't know, 60% of these halves get dual position halfback five eight. For me, something I would like to see is to scrap halfback and five eight and just play halves and you have two of them. You have two in your starting side, two halves. So it could be any of these guys that play halfback or 5'8". Instead of making this adjustment, because for the vast majority of teams nowadays and the vast majority of coaches, the way that they play, halfback and 5'8", it's kind of dead. They play left and right. This is another option that someone threw up that you could have left and right halves and do it like that in Supercoach. I don't like that. I just think halves would be a good way to go about it. There's not many traditional halfbacks in our game. And when I say traditional halfbacks, I mean, you look at the way that halfback has changed over the last 30 years. The way that Sterlow used to be a seven is so different to any of the halfbacks that are doing it right now. It's just crazy. It's a completely new position. And it makes sense in the modern game for it to be a new position. I think it would be great for Supercoach to adjust here and say, hey, let's just have halves. You pick two of them. Everyone that plays seven and six, they are a half. And you could have a guy that is dual position, half fullback. You could have a guy that is dual position, half center wing. That'll be a Matt Burton. A Nico Hines, who would be a half fullback. There's a couple of options you could have there. You could have a half slash hooker. I'm trying to think of someone that could be a half slash hooker off the top of my head. Maybe like a Connor Watson, potentially. Um, I think there's a lot of positions that you could do this with. And I think it'd be really good. And, you know, for those that are pushing back on it, just think about this. I mean, I haven't ever heard anyone complain that the center wing is a position. Yeah, it's two combined spots. Center and wing are two completely different positions in rugby league. Yeah, completely different. They are two specialist positions that have different tasks. Yes, guys can float between them. But let's be honest here. I mean... If your halfback is ruled out on the weekend, your 5'8 tends to jump into halfback. You look at the Penrith Panthers, if Nathan Cleary's out, you know Jerome Luai's going to jump into seven, yeah? It, Luke Keary for years, if he was playing 5'8 and Cooper Cronk was at halfback and he was out, Luke Keary would jump into seven, yeah? 
it's a fluid position like it is with your center wings. And no one's ever ha- had an issue with the center wingish pr- problem. So I-, I think this would be a great move to change our positions to fullback, center wings, halves, edge, middle, and then hooker. I think it'd be an unreal one. A lot of people have thrown up your AEs. Obviously, the vice-captain loophole is another thing that we will talk about, and the captains, uh, something that's been thrown up constantly. I think something on the bench would be sensational as well, and maybe this is getting too technical, but someone messaged me and said, oh, in the EPL fantasy, the way that they do it is that you you set your order on your bench. So number one would be the first guy that comes in. If there's an injury, his score comes in. Instead of it being the lowest score, you can order these ones. Now, there's positives and negatives to come from that. I understand that. Draft leagues, this would be very interesting. Um, Of course, in draft leagues, it really is the only place it could work because it doesn't matter the order of your reserves. You could change them around. Whereas in classic, obviously, your reserves are set from hooker to front row to second row like that. So there'd have to be a bit of transitioning going on there. I think it would just be a draft rule, but I think it would be unreal. And it sort of takes us to our VC loophole, another one that a lot of people have problems with. I talk to people every year and they hate the VC loophole. Some love it. In my competition, we embrace it. We personally really like it. It gives you sort of two bites of the cherry. For me, it makes the game more exciting. Um, and, you know, obviously, if you were playing tonight and you had Caelan Pong, you'd VC him. It's a free shot at trying to get a big score out of KP. And, yes, there is a punishment for it. Of course, you have to take your lowest scoring AE. Yes, you can schedule your bench so that you have a good player there, which a lot of us will do in finals footy, but everyone else can do that as well. It's not like you're restricted from doing it, and it means that you are risking having a limited squad. So if you have injuries, you have to go to the waiver wire. In the modern game, we have a heap of injuries, so it is a big risk to take. I like the VC loophole personally. I know a lot of people have pushed back on it, and I think more recently, a lot of people have pushed back on captain's leagues. Now, obviously, it's off the back of Tom Travojevic because essentially, if you have Turbo this year and he's your captain, I mean, you're at pretty short odds to win your draft competition this year because he is in such good touch and the game is so suited to him and he has a pretty good draw. Might be a different situation if, for example, Turbo was playing the Melbourne Storm in the last week, round 24, round 25, depending on when your grand final is. And look, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, Draft is shit because whoever has turbo wins this year. And I mean, I understand that argument. And to some extent, it is a little bit true. But you got to remember, the guy that drafted turbo, he drafted a guy that had been injured for two years. And you got to remember, the day he drafted turbo, I had everyone message me saying, draft is shit because whoever gets Teddy wins their comp straight away. Teddy's the best player. Whoever has him as captain, the competition's over. I mean, dare I say, whoever has Teddy, I would assume that most of them are struggling to make the top four. A lot of them would probably be struggling to make the top eight in their competition. Things change very quickly. And I've had a lot of people who are very anti-draft messaging me over the last few weeks saying that. And, you know, I can literally scroll up in this conversation and see six months ago where they said draft is shit because everyone the captain's Teddy and it's over. Yeah, draft changes a lot, yeah? The guy that drafted Turbo, he took a massive punt at the start of the season, yeah? A massive punt that was going to decide his season. Now, if you don't like the VC loophole, I understand that. Some comps ban it. Personally, I like it. I had a lot of people message me and say, what the hell is the point of the VC loophole? The point of the VC loophole is that you can VC someone early in the week and then if your captain gets injured and he's your last player and you cannot captain anyone else, you have got the VC to fall back on. So it essentially is, it's a long shot. It would be very rare if you're using the VC um, the VC option properly that it actually is used for what it's been designed for. But if that situation does happen to you and you lose out on having a captain that week, you're completely fucked, yeah? So you need, you need some sort of insurance on that spot. Now, the other way to do this, and this was one that was suggested to me by one of my followers. I don't hate it. Instead of having two VCs, maybe you have two captains. 
Yeah, so it means you get two bites of this cherry and you can take the higher score, which would make sense. Um, I, I sort of don't mind this one. You obviously get two captains. At the end of the week, you choose which one you go for. It's a lot of work that goes into it. Or you could just potentially have two captains. I think this would be a good option in draft leagues. I think it would be a good customization option for draft leagues to be able to choose. Um, and, and this brings to my next point, being able to customize your draft leagues, especially your squad sizes. So, for example, at the moment, I'm not the the commissioner in my league, but I've, talk, I've spoken to him a little bit about... Um, how this, how it's all sort of structured. There's about five options that you can pick from. So in my one, we do the, the most that you possibly can, which is one hooker, two front rowers, three second row forwards, a halfback, a 5'8", four center wings, a fullback, and then four on your bench. A lot of comps, they just go for two second row forwards. A really popular one is going for two center wings. Personally, we play the full squad, which I really enjoy. I think it's fantastic. But if we were to move to like a 16-man comp instead of a 14-man comp, all of a sudden we'd probably have to make changes. We've sort of spoken about making changes um, in our 14-man comp. I voted against it because I like the structure that we've got right now. So do a lot of other guys as well. But you look at the weekly rubdown and, you know, I sort of G these guys up about it, that they have two center wings I call it like the the kiddies comp and whatever it's just a different way to do things and I think more customization options would be sensational especially if you did bring in these halves edges middles I think it'd be unreal you know you could have a competition where you pick two fullbacks or you pick you know you could change it however you wanted to do it I think it'd be really interesting especially if you're in a draft league with five or six guys all of a sudden you've got plenty more options you could have two fullbacks for example and it could get really exciting you could pick five or six center wings and it could be anyone every week you could change it ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com Let's get this dinner party started. In so many different ways that I think it would be sensational. I think it would add a lot of character to the game. I think that would be a really good addition to have more customization problem options there. I think that would be sensational. The last one I'm going to talk about applies more so to draft comps. I guess it could be in classic comps as well. Now... As we get to the back end of the season, um, you have a look at your draft ladders and, you know, guys have won X amount of games, they've lost X amount of games, and you end up liking the NRL with a ladder where, you know, there might be five teams that are on, say, 20 points. Like, in my competition at the moment, I'll just get my ladder open at the moment. My competition at the moment is unreal. Uh, it is ridiculous coming into the last week. You've got um, fourth place on 22 points and ninth is on 20 points. So anyone could drop out of the top eight in the last week here. But the thing is that if you end up on the same amount of points, it comes down to four and against, which I understand that's how they do it in the NRL. But the difference is that in the NRL, defense matters. In Supercoach, there's nothing you can do to st- stop another team from scoring big, yeah? And like, I've benefited greatly from this this year because... I haven't had hardly any points scored against me this year. I've been very lucky. So my for and against has been good when realistically it shouldn't have because I shouldn't have scored many points. Oh, sorry, I haven't scored many points. So realistically, I think, and I agree with all the guys that have messaged me this and, and my commissioner likes this one as well, your for and against should come down to points scored because that is the only thing that you control. There's no point going on for and against because it, it's, it's just luck. It is pure chance. Whereas the guys that score the most points 
they've earned the right to be at the top of those guys that are on an even amount of points. That is another change that I think would be unreal. Look, guys, on the most part, I think Supercoach has been sensational for the last few years. They've done a great job, but I think they need to react to what's happening in the modern game. I think it will calm down a little bit next year. I don't want to see us totally flip out and change everything because Tom Travojevic is playing unbelievably, unbelievable footy, probably career-high footy at a time that allows him to play career-high footy and dominate the way that he is in the team that he's in. you got to remember the Manly Seagulls, I don't think they've beaten a team with a winning record so far this year. Yeah, he obviously missed the first few weeks. He's done unbelievable things. But it'll be interesting to see what happens when he takes on a Melbourne Storm. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year when these body when these bottom teams go from losing by 60 to maybe losing by 24, 28, like we've sort of been used to in the past, which I think this gap will close a little bit. There's always a transition period in rugby league. I've spoken about this a lot. No need for me to dive back into it too deeply. But these are some of the changes I'd love to see happen in Supercoach. I think they've got an unreal product but they just need to tinker with it a little bit and adapt to the modern game and probably listen to, you know, people like myself, people like the Whisperer, people, you know, like um, like the Supercoach Playbook, all these Supercoach 365, all these sort of guys, the rubdown fellas that are doing great stuff in content and hear from you guys regularly. The reality is that we don't really have much content c- contact with Supercoach. We post in, I see people posting in comments about rule changes on the Supercoach post. I'm telling you right now, they don't read any of this, yeah? We've been asking for certain things for years. They don't respond to it at all. I would love to see Supercoach at the Daily Telegraph reach out to, and I don't give a fuck if it's not me, but reach out to the playbook, we, reach out to the rubdown, reach out to a couple of pages that make content about Supercoach and talk to them about what they'd like to see improved. I remember a couple of years ago, they sent out an email about giving advice about how to improve it. You could go in for a one-hour session and talk to them. I think a couple of my mates went and did it. I, I think you got a couple of hundred bucks or something to go and do it. I think that was sensational, but from what I saw, it didn't really look like they took much of it on board and changed anything at all. A number of changes that could go in that could improve our game as Supercoach, and I think they probably have to because more and more people are playing fantasy. As I said, I'm not putting the foot into fantasy saying it's shit or anything like that, but I think Supercoach, they need to adapt the game they've got right now and they need to even it up a little bit um, because I think that they've got such a great product but we need to evolve we need to change and we need to make it relevant to the modern game because we don't want to see records broken every single weekend and it just be a blowout league in Supercoach Hold up What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 